Hi, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we serve the Lord. Today's episode is a request version. Uh, We actually had this requested, and what she wanted to talk about, she said she wanted to talk about timing. Timing, and I think that's a perfect uh, topic because honestly, this is something that I've been studying on. Uh, This is something that I've always struggled with. I've always struggled with timing. And when we mean timing, it's not in the sense of our time, but timing in the sense of waiting on the Lord's time. And that's what we're going to entitle this podcast is timing, waiting on the Lord's time. You know, all of us in this life, we all have goals, right? We all have dreams. We all have desires that we want to happen in our life, right? And so... Even from a little kid, even from a maybe from a young girl for you, you know, we always we've all wanted to be successful. You know, I don't think anyone wakes up and dreams not to be successful. Right. So we all want to be successful. Then we all want to have uh, the fairy tale love story in our lives. Right. We want it to happen like it does in the movies. You know, we want it to happen like it does in the Disney movies. Right. We all want that fairy tale love story. We all want the house, the dog, and the picket fence, right? We all just want to be successful. Um, But time goes by, and none of this seems to be happening. So then what do you do? How do you... uh, How do you keep working forward? How do you keep moving forward, right? And especially as a Christian, when you're doing the right things that the Lord commands you to do, and none of this is happening for you, how do you how do you keep trusting him? How do you keep how do you keep uh, that effort that you have? Right. You know, here's a here's a personal example. I was talking to my brother. Uh, we were, you know, sitting on the couch. I think we were watching a movie or something. And, you know, we were kind of thinking about our lives up to this point. I'm 26 and he's 25. And so, you know, we were you know, we live right across the street from our middle school that we went to as kids. And, you know, we kind of, you know, we were thinking about it and we say, you know, at that age, I think we were like 13, maybe 13 or 14 at that age, you know, we thought we'd be so much farther along at 25 and 26 than we really are. And so, you know, you sometimes think I thought my life would be here by this point. Right. But when you're at that point. And you're not there. How do you cope with that? How do you cope when that doesn't happen? You know, how do you cope when you have those dreams that don't, uh, that haven't happened yet, and that don't seem to be happening, or ever will happen, right? And so, if you feel those ways, this podcast is for you. And what we're gonna do, we're gonna look at three tips of how to trust the Lord in His timing. Three tips and how to trust the Lord in His timing. All right. Tip number one, don't compare your life to anyone else. Don't compare your life to anyone else. Well, what does that mean? You know, we've said this before, um, but comparison is the ultimate thief of joy. Comparison is the ultimate thief of joy. Why? Because you're looking at what someone else has. 
and you don't respect or you don't even value what you already have, right? So you're taking your own joy away from yourself. So don't compare your life to anyone else. Notice this. A way to not compare your life to anyone is to let God strengthen your heart. Let the Lord strengthen your heart. And let's look at a, at a, at a few verses here. Uh, go to Psalm chapter 27. Psalm chapter 27. And if you haven't done a strengthening your heart study, you need to, especially in the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter 27. And notice, actually start in verse number um, 13. Now watch this. I have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Have you ever fainted before mentally? Like, like what am I doing? You ever asked yourself that question before? You know, you look at your life and you look at exactly what's going on in your life right now. So you look at your circumstance and you're like, what, what am I really doing? And, and then in your mind, you start to faint. Why am I working this hard? Why am I giving all this effort? Why am I doing all this? For what? How is this working for me? It's worked for other people. Why isn't it working for me? And this happens a lot. As a side note, this happens a lot with preachers. Because, you know, we tend to, we help everyone else. But we're sitting here, who's who's helping me out? Who's here to encourage me? I Every Sunday I encourage you. When you need help, whose office do you come to? Mine. When you need help, wh- where do you go? My door. But where where do I go? Right? And so a lot of preachers deal with this. But where do you go? Here's the answer. You go to God. Now notice what happens here in verse number 14 of the same chapter. Wait on the Lord. Now here's where that timing part comes into, right? Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And watch what it says. And he will do what? And he will strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You ever wonder why he always had to say wait twice? Because guess what we tend to do? When something isn't going my way, and it's not like you haven't, and let's take this as you're putting in all the effort you need to be putting in in whatever you're doing. So it's not like you're slacking. It's not like you're not working hard. It's not like you haven't worked hard. It's not like you... You're working and you're doing all the right things. But absolutely nothing happens. Absolutely nothing. So what do you do? You let the Lord strengthen your heart. But how do you do that? Here's where timing comes in. What does it say? The verse starts off by saying, wait on the Lord. And then the end of the verse says, and again, I say, what do I do? Wait on the Lord. You know, that's a that's a skill to be able to wait on the Lord. Because we have the power of choice. The Lord gave us that. And so when things aren't going my way or when things aren't going your way, you have the choice to do what you want to do. You can you can try to change your situation yourself. You can try to make things happen. 
you can try to plan things to happen the way that you want them to happen, you can try that because you can. Or you can choose to wait on the Lord. What are you going to do? Now notice this next verse. Skip a couple chapters before or a couple pages after that and go to Psalm chapter 31. Psalm chapter 31 and watch verse number uh, 23 through 24. I love the Lord. Oh, love the Lord, all ye his saints. For the Lord preserves who? The faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. So, so what are you saying here? If I wait and I wait and I wait and I wait and you do the same thing. And nothing has happened. You know how your heart can take courage? Your heart can take courage. Because what is what does it say? The Lord preserves the faithful. You know how he, he puts a condition on it. He preserves who? The Christian? No, that's not what he says. You see, anyone can, you can be a Christian and not faithful. It says here, the Lord preserves the faithful. So what is my job when things aren't working in my time? What's my job when I look around at everyone's life and then I compare that life to mine? What do I do when all bad happens and you can't explain it let God strengthen your heart number one then two he preserves the faithful so my job is to stay faithful you see here's here's a misconception that a lot of Christians have and I've had this misconception myself is you gotta find a way to fix it or you gotta find a scene of change or, or, or um, you gotta find um a change in scenery or or you got to find something different or you got to travel or you got to you got to do something right you got to you got to make something different happen than what's happening right now the misconception is you got to try a bunch of stuff in order to find what you really need the lord requires me to be faithful and he requires the same thing of you but will you let him that's where timing comes into it, right? Now, notice verse 24. He says it again. Be of what? Of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. So how do I learn to trust the timing of God's uh, or, or God's timing in my life? Don't compare your life to anyone else, number one. And let God strengthen your heart. Let God do it. Number two. How can we trust um, the Lord's timing for us? Don't rush to compete with anyone else's life. This is a big one. Don't rush to compete with anyone else's life. You ever mentally ask yourself, you know, you look at what you're doing. Do you ever say, man, I, I feel like um, I feel like I should be farther along in life. I feel like I should be doing this. I feel like I should be doing that. 
And I've heard a lot of girls say this, especially girls in their late 20s, 28, 27, 29, 30. Man, I'm I'm still I'm still single. I'm still doing this. I'm still doing that. Nothing's happening for me, right? I feel like I should be farther along because I'm older. And then you look at you look at girls that are 22, 20, 18, married, house, doing things that you want to be doing, right? And so you're like, man, I feel like I should be farther along. Don't rush to compete with anyone else's life. You know, I had a conversation with uh, with someone yesterday. Uh, he's a he's a buddy of mine, and he he's a preacher as well. And I I kind of told him some things, and he said he said, Jordan, the only thing you can do, especially as a preacher of the gospel, he says. You got to be faithful, exactly what the Proverbs or what the Psalms writer said. And he says, you got to keep working hard and you got to keep perfecting your craft. You know, that's not the answer I wanted to hear. And that's not the answer a lot of people want to hear. And when they hear that answer, they're just going to do what they want to do. Why? Because they feel like they're not doing nothing. That's that's the that's the Achilles heel of all this thing in timing. You sit there. And you go through life and you're doing the same stuff every day. Like you know where you're going to be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know what you're going to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Nothing changes in your life. Nothing's, everything's the same. It's like that movie uh, Groundhog Day where bro, he does the same thing every single day. Same people, same stuff, eats the same thing. He does the same thing every day, right? The Achilles heel for us in timing is when we do that, when we find ourselves in that rut, I guess you can call it. When we find ourselves there, you got that burning itch inside, don't you? Like, man, I should, I got to do something. I should be doing something, right? But we should be doing exactly what the Lord tells us to do. And what is that? Does the Lord say go fix it? Not saying we shouldn't be involved in our lives. Not saying that we shouldn't want more. Not saying we shouldn't work for more. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, why are we doing so much extra when we should just be, uh, when we should just be faithful and keep working hard? That's the answer I needed to hear. Keep working hard and keep perfecting your craft. You know, in James. It talks about the husbandman and he waits long for that fruit. We talked about it before. You can sit there and wait for six months, you know, and do nothing. But, or you can just have faith, just like what the Lord tells us to do. But, you know, timing, it all comes down to faith, too. Do I really trust God with my life? That's what it all boils down to. Do I really trust God with my life? Well, Jordan, you don't understand my life. You don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand my parents. You don't understand this. You don't understand I'm 30. I don't have to understand your situation. You don't have to understand mine. But all we got to understand is, what do I got to do to continue to be faithful to God? Even if nothing changes for the next 10 years, what do I got to do to be faithful to God? And you got to ask yourself that question. And so, don't rush to compete with anyone else's life. Remember this example? Turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 8. 1 
First Samuel chapter eight, and this is an instance of rushing, not just of one person, but this is a this is an entire nation rushing. Okay, so First Samuel chapter eight, and I want you to notice verse number nineteen through twenty-two. It says, "Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, Nay, but we will." Have a king over us. Why? Verse 20. That we may be like all the nations. That our king may judge us and go before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people and he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, hearken unto their voice, make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of, or Samuel said unto the men of Israel, go ye every man unto his city and so here's here's the dangerous part of trying to be like everyone else be careful what you ask for because at the time when you have exactly what everyone else has when you're doing what everyone else has it is it is fun for a minute because you, you fit in with them now right and so let's say you know, you want this type of career and all your other friends have this career and then you get that career. It's fun for a while. Why? Because now I can relate to them. I can be in the group. I can know what they're talking about in their conversations now. But what happens when it doesn't necessarily fit you like it fits them? Then it's not fun for you anymore, right? But you fit in now, right? It's the same thing with with like relationships too. This whole group is full of couples. You're sitting here as a single dude or a single girl wanting to fit in with that couples group. And so you find someone. So why? So you can fit in with the couples group. But what if that person that you're with is not good for you? But they but they they let me in the group. You want to be like all the other nations? You want to be like all the other people? And here's here's one thing I really wanted to stress. The Lord doesn't call us to be like another Christian person. And that's what that's what um what scares me a lot about the church. Is should we have church heroes? No doubt. Should we have spiritual giants in our lives? There's no doubt about that. We should. But the Lord doesn't want me to be like this guy. The Lord doesn't want me to want you to be like this woman. The Lord wants you to be like his son. Whether you're a man or a woman. Well, well what about that verse that says what Paul said? Follow me as I follow Christ. So I can't follow him because he's following Christ. You can follow him, but don't be like him. Why? Because he's a human. He's going to fail. Why? I'm a human. I fail. You put your trust in who he puts his trust in. And that's God. That's what we need to start doing. So trust God rather than trust the people who follow God. Does that make sense? Because if you if you trust too much, the people that follow God, when they fail, and they will fail. And when I fail, and I have failed, 
then people get disappointed because I failed. Because who did they have all their faith in? They had all their faith in me. They had all their faith in, in another guy. Have faith in God, right? That's that's exactly what these people didn't do. We just want to be like everybody else. Let's not do that. Because guess what? All those other kings might have worked out for those other nations. How did Saul end up working out for them? The kingdom was split from them because they wanted to be like everybody else. And so don't rush to compete with anybody else's life. Then number three, the final thing we can do to help with trusting the timing in our lives is develop your trust in your relationship with God. Develop your trust in your relationship with God. I was watching a a show the other day and it was set in like the 1920s, 1930s, right? And um, this woman, she wanted to get, she wanted a family. And she could never, she couldn't get pregnant. And, and so the husband was a God-fearing man. And the husband would hear day after day after day, I want a child. I want a child. I, I can't have a child. I can't be like all the other ladies that have children. I want to have a son just like them. You know, I, I want that feeling of a mother. I want to give you a son, right? And she complains to him day after day after day. And so one thing he told her, he said, Don't try to be like all these other ladies. Like, I know you want a son. But he said, use this time right now where you don't have what you want. He said, use this time to grow your relationship with God. And so when we have when we don't have what we want, but everyone else has what we want. That's when, you know, that's your prime time to develop your relationship with him and your trust in him. You have to, because if you don't, I'm telling you, mentally, you're going to drive yourself crazy because you're going to constantly compare what you've done in your life up to this point to what someone else has done in their life up to this point. And then you're going to end up being envious at them because they have what you have early. You're going to mess yourself up. I'm telling you. So you have to trust in your relationship with God now with your life. I encourage you to do a trust study in the book of uh, in the book of Psalms. And here's just a couple of verses we're going to look at. I want you to go to Psalm chapter 18, verse 2, and we're going to jump around. So uh, I'll say these twice. But Psalm chapter 18, verse 2 first says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength. In whom I will trust my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Quick English lesson. You know how many personal pronouns were in that verse? And who was the subject of that pronoun? The Lord. So for you and for me, God is mine, but he's yours too. But in, you got to think he's mine. Notice this. The Lord is my rock. One, my fortress, two, my deliverer, my God, my strength, whom I trust, the horn of my salvation, my tower. Eight times the the psalmist writer makes the Lord his personally. That's what you got to do in this time. You got to make God yours personally. He's my rock. He's going to protect me. 
I know he's done this for them, and that's wonderful, and I will rejoice with them. 100% of my heart, I will rejoice with them. But I'm not going to focus on them. Because why? Because he's mine. And he'll protect me, and he'll do what's right for me when it's, what? When it's time. Notice this one. Uh, Psalm chapter 22, uh, verse number 8. He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him. Who's the first him referring to? God. So let God deliver him. Who's the second him referring to? The one that trusted that the Lord would deliver him. So let him deliver him. Seeing that he delighted in him. You see why you got it. It all goes back to faith. Everything always does. Notice this. Uh, Psalm chapter 28 verse 7. The Lord is. Here we go. Personal again. Personal. The Lord is whose strength? Mine. He's my strength. He's my shield. My heart trusts in him. And I am helped. Therefore my heart can greatly rejoice. And my song will I praise him. He's mine. He's got to be yours, guys. He's got to be yours. And then Psalm chapter 40, verse 4. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respects not the proud, nor turns aside to lies. You see, you got to develop your trust and your relationship with God. And you got to get in a mode to where you know the Lord's going to help you. You got to get there. Because if you don't, you're constantly going to compare your life to other Christians. You're constantly going to compare your life to other Christian families. You're going to compare your life to other Christian couples. You're going to compare your life to other Christian preachers. And you're going to find yourself wondering, they have what they have. How come I don't have what they have? You see, you should be focusing on your trust in your relationship with God. You see how personal you got to get? Because if you don't, you know, all that burden and that anxiety that you build up in your own mind. No one else builds anxiety up in your mind. We, we can blame other people for the anxiety we have. We can blame a lot of things. But who ends up building it? It's not my mind that does it. It's not anyone else's mind that does it. It's yours. And so if you can retrain your mind, because remember, what is heart synonymous with in the scripture? Does it always talk about this heart? It never talks about this one. What does it always talk about? Strengthen your heart. What is your heart? Your mind. You have to know. As a friend of mine used to say. You got to know God's got you. You got to know it. God's got me. And if you don't know that. Your anxiety levels are going to be high. You're going to worry a lot. You're going to feel like you got to fix junk. Let me tell you. I tried it. It doesn't work out too well. And let me tell you this. It does. It's not sustainable. It works out. Maybe for a few months. Maybe a year, maybe a couple years. It works out, but it doesn't work out. 
You see, you want something to be sustainable to where it lasts a long time. But you got to trust in the Lord's timing for that. So how do I trust him? Don't compare your life to anyone else. Don't rush to compete with anyone else. And develop your trust in your relationship with God. I hope this was able to help you uh, as, as it helped me in studying for it. And I hope that all of us can continue to trust God. That we can continue to focus on his plan for us and not what anyone else wants for our life. And so I hope your trust and your relationship with God grows. And in doing so, your faith will grow. And I encourage you, how is your faith going to grow? It's going to go through here, through reading. How do you know that? Romans ten seventeen. So then faith, the ability to trust his timing, the ability to see what I can't see, the ability to wait. So then faith, all that stuff encompassed in one word, faith. So then faith, how's that come? By hearing. And hearing by what? And hearing by the word of God. So you want to be sustained during this time in your life? How do I develop my faith? Through the hearing of the word of God. Thanks.